the aim was uh, to, uh, in the way of, in terms of art, to restore it to the country of origin. Yes, I mean, uh, the United States policy, which was a brand new policy as far as I know in the history of the world, instead of finders keepers uh, in the Napoleon sense, mm -hmm. I mean, the Louvre collection is largely what Napoleon pulled out of Italy after all. Uh, none of that. We were, we were going to return to the country of origin, anything that came out of it, as long as it had come out of it during the occupation. And there was an official date when the occupation started. So even if it had been legitimately purchased, and in many cases it had been, we returned everything to that nation, to Paris, to Vienna, mm -hmm. whatever. And then the individual involved uh, would uh, make his case and either get it back from the government or not. If he was declared a co collaborator, he didn't get it back. Well, you gave me the example earlier of the uh, Cherning family. Yes, yeah, so that, that was the most sensational example. Of course, that came out of the salt mine. And Hitler had bought it and paid a figure which I can't remember, it was something like a million and a half dollars, something like that. The Chernines had turned down a higher offer years before from Andrew Mellon, uh, and it was their great possession. This is, this is Vermeer's The Artist in the Studio, perhaps the finest, most famous of all Vermeer's. Uh, it turned out that they claimed, the Chernines claimed, that they had uh, sold this under duress and they received, the money they received, as I said, was far less than what they had turned down earlier when there was no duress. Uh, how this worked out legally, I don't know, but there was an enormous correspondence which surfaced. Uh, all we had, our, our problem was simply to return it, and it was returned. Uh, after a huge legal process, it was declared state property, and it's now in the Kunsthistorisches Institute in in uh, Vienna. Yeah. The Chernins didn't get it back. I would have thought they should have. That was, but I could be wrong. I don't under I don't understand the decision. Let's put it that. Do you recall some of the uh, dealers or collectors or, uh, that you uh, interrogated and met with? At, uh oh, certainly, certainly. Uh, uh, was his first name Haberstock, Hans Haberstock? Not sure about Hans. But Haberstock was a, a great, a big Berlin dealer. And uh, he, uh, he supplied Hitler and Goering with a great many things, particularly Hitler. Um, of course, uh, like all, like everybody but one person, he said that he had nothing to do with the Nazis. We found out he had one of the earliest numbered cards of the party. And uh, well, he just sold stuff and made a big profit, and that was that. I, but but he was not opposed to Nazi policies or anything of that sort. Was he fairly uh, frank when you talked to him? No. No, he was, he was difficult. And, but, but how would he get the, during the wartime, he, or Nazi time, he could practically sequester things, could he? That's right, you see. 
and sequestered things. Uh, I mean, here are all these things. What what happens? Well, well, I, I better tell you what happened and how how the dealers got things. Uh, the dealers, you see, could could go in and get things because people were poverty stricken and they were the last possessions. So he'd pay, he'd give them something and they'd take it and then it was sell it to at enormous profit to Hitler. Uh, and in many cases, this uh, was b sometimes before the occupation, in which case it was German property. I mean, it doesn't go back to Paris if it's done before that magical date. Uh, but, uh, for instance, in Paris, and all, the same thing in other places, a central collecting point was set up. And for Paris, it was the Jeu de Pomme of Place de la Concorde. And they looted art, or the acquired art, whichever, uh, mostly looted, was brought in. They had shows, big, big exhibitions. And Hitler's man and Goering's man, everybody else's man, came and looked at them, and Hitler supposedly came first. Goering sometimes got in there ahead. There was quite a bit of rivalry there. And then the shipments were made, you see, off off they go. And these men were dealers, people like Haberstadt. No, they were Nazi uh, art, art historians and critics of Nazi persuasion. No, Haberstock had nothing to do with that. He was a straight dealer, and he had a stock, and he got, he was a happy hunting ground for dealers to get stuff. Sure. You and after the occupation, more and more and more, you see. People were not only poverty-stricken, but they were, right. if they were uh, yeah. considered undesirable people, they could, That's it was right. e easy to pressure them. That's right. That's right. So that, uh, well, then I have to add that one of the people at the center, at the collecting pond in Paris was named Rose Bellon, and she's a very great woman, recently died. And she pretended to be uh, a collaborator. And every night she would go underground and report everything she could remember. As a result of which, we already had in Washington the most magnificent card catalog of w works of art that had gone from Paris. And to what uh, place they had been shipped, because Ausey was not really part of the picture yet, but Neuschwanstein Castle and Kremsminster and Austria and all kinds of places, repositories. So, and then we a, 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 a copy of this was in our office in London. We had one there, a small one. And other copies were in the possession of the Dutch and the Austrians and the Poles and so forth. So uh, that was the way information was acquired through such people as Rose Valmont, whose life was very difficult indeed. And then after the war, all the people that she had turned in, because she told which dealers were collaborating and all that kind of thing. So she had a tough life, but she, had, she was a strong and wonderful woman. We got to know her well. And in Munich after the war, when the reverse process was set up, you see, and we had a central collecting point for things being returned in the American zone south, another one in Wiesbaden, and others around, you see. 
and representatives of the government who knew their art were always present and would find out what they could. And when a poor dealer from Paris arrived, hoping he could find something, uh, they were helpful. We wouldn't let the dealer see anything. He'd have to describe it ahead of time. And then we would say, well, maybe so. But we, you couldn't let them in and say, "Do you own any? Did you own any of that stuff?" No, he couldn't do that. But but Rose Valance's records helped you there. Didn't they? Enormously.